What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for the Workday Charity Open, a brand new event and a unique one on the PGA Tour. But before we get into that, I want to look back at last week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. Bryson DeChambeau takes it down and makes a community worth of winners. So as we've been doing since the restart, I want to shout out some of uh, the screenshots, some of the people who reached out to me, because I think it's good to share successes within the community. It really, um, I don't know, it gets me amped up. Hopefully it gets you amped up as well. So here we go. Uh, we'll work our way up here. <clears throat> Ryan Cox turned his 50 into $77. Brian, uh, with a 20 out of 20 core cascading lineup, turned his $60 into 112 he mentioned it was his first top 125 in any event. Welcome. Good congratulations, Brian. Matt Tapley turned his 39 into 177. Jonathan Garcia actually had a very similar Millie Maker lineup as I did. That was deep on Sunday, about nine holes to go, and then faded, uh, but still very good. Turned his 20 into 150. Justin Babcock, another week uh, on this list, turned his 58 into 215. Brian Rose turned his 20 into 340 thanks to a Doc Redmond first-round leader. King Karma won a round one showdown contest for 400. Leo came in 117th in the Millie Maker for $400. Hungi turned his 100 into 500. Wes Grantham turned his 12 into 500. That's great. Josiah had a bunch of live bets on Bryson, turned his $220 into $720. Uh, Greg has been reading the articles I do on Golf Digest. Thank you for that, Greg. Won $800 this week. Now we get into four figures. Nick Sarlo uh, used the head-to-head -head matchup betting philosophy that we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. For a 10 head-to-head -head parlay, $10 into $1,100, you are crazy, you're awesome. Mitchell turned his four, $243 into $1,600 on FanDuel, congratulations. Peyton Palma, Peyton Palma turned his $378 into $1,800, congratulations. Danny Carr, first weekend as a member of RickRunGood.com, turned his $15 into into 1890 unbelievable mike van veen uh through dfs and bryson outrights turned his 560 into 2200 bo turned his 89 dollars into 2400 andrew brown always showing up here he shows up here twice kevin kisner top five turned his 360 into 35 hundo and then turned his 1500 on DraftKings into 10635 congratulations wardrick uh, just signed up, took down round one showdown, turned his actually was second in that big contest on DraftKings, ten dollars into forty five hundred. Degenerate seventy five finished second in a GPP for five grand, and the big winner of the week, Todd Nelson, third place in the single entry drive on DraftKings, two hundred dollars into twenty thousand dollars. Congratulations, everybody! Love it when a community uh, gets results like that. I also have more winners here. Uh, this is for a month subscription to rickrungood.com where you're seeing 
all the successes, all the tools, uh, everything you're going to see in this video, rickrungood.com. Winners from uh, last week's draw were Trent Rye on the audio pods and Emort from YouTube. So I have either reached out to you already or I will be reaching out to you. If you would like to be entered into a drawing to join the community of rickrungood.com, use all the tools that you're seeing, help others win a lot of money. Uh, there's two ways to do that. If you're here on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you hit that little alert notification, that little bell so that you get these videos as soon as they come out because they're very timely and they expire quickly. Uh, make sure you're subscribed, like this video and tell me who is going to win the workday charity open. That's one way. The other way on Apple podcasts, uh, the 300 yards to unknown podcast. That is the name of this podcast in Apple iTunes. Uh, if you might be listening over there, I'll link it in the description, go and, um, leave a five-star rating and review, say something nice about the show, leave me a way to get in touch with you, preferably your Twitter handle. And I will draw a couple of those each and every week for a free month. All right. That's it. Lots of winners. I like to take a couple minutes at the start. Lots of winners. Lots of good vibes. We're going to keep it rolling this week at the Workday. Let's jump into it. Workday Charity Open, a brand new event on the PGA Tour, but of course that we are very familiar with. So soak this in, ladies and gentlemen, because this is a rare situation in the world of golf. We are going to get back-to-back weeks at the same course. There is going to be drastic overreaction from one week to the next, but this is going to be a lot of fun. So Workday Charity Open, Muirfield Village Golf Club, that is week one. I'm showing you on the video, the uh, it's actually a new updated course key stats. A little more information showing you what's coming. Always uh, good stuff in the works. So what we've got here is a par 72, uh, 7,400 yards, a hair under 7,400 Obviously, a Jack Nicholas design and a uh, hybrid Bentgrass uh, Poana mix on the greens. Now, I have comp courses on here. And actually, last week's uh, comp course, uh, or I'm sorry, last week's Detroit Golf Club, actually a comp course of Mirfield Village based on uh, specifically green size, that it's a par 72, uh, length of the course, um, very similar. These are small greens. So to put this into perspective, 5,000 square feet on average, uh, that's that's basically as small as it gets. There's a couple of courses, uh, Pebble Beach, Harbor Town, that are smaller than 5,000, but these are, these are small. Uh, so it's no surprise that when you scroll down and look at what some of the more in, uh, valuable stats are for this week, and again, if you're new, I run a model where I look at all the available history for every course on the PGA tour and see what stats were uh, correlated to success in each year. And then we put it all together and we say, okay, what's most important here. Now, again, I'm using the, I'm using memorial data. So if you see anywhere on the site where, Oh, it says the memorial, this is the work day. Well, I don't the the tournament's wrong. Yeah, technically it is, but we're going to play the same course two weeks in a row. The memorial is what, uh, what the tournament was for Muirfield Village. So keep that in mind if you see it throughout. The two most common, most important stats at Muirfield Village over the years have been strokes gained around the green and strokes gained approach. When you talk about how small the greens are, it is really 
not that surprising to see those two stats pop off. And then you get driving accuracy because usually at Muirfield Village, they let that rough get pretty thick. We don't know how long it's going to be at work day in week one. We know the first week, week one of two. And then uh, we assume it's going to be grown out a little bit longer for for the actual memorial. So um, uh, driving accuracy may be more important next week at the memorial. But I still think the rough will be pretty thick. We'll wait till we get a little bit of... Um, you know, we'll have some reports from from on site that'll come out later in the week. But let's look at this. Uh, you know, stroke scan approach for players in this field. Uh, stroke scan approach is always a critical stat, right? Um, believe it or not, Mark Leishman leads this field in stroke scanned approach, and uh, he's not very accurate off the tee. So if there if there was a situation where you know you have to decide whether you want to play Mark Leishman this week or next week. I would probably prefer to play him this week where the rough will, in theory, be less penal uh, than it would be probably next week for the Memorial. Uh, but Strokes Gain Approach is there. He leads the field. Colin Morikawa second. Patrick Cantlay, we're going to talk a lot about him. Uh, Justin Thomas and Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland, $8,300 this week. It's going to be interesting. You're going to have to decide what to do with Gary Woodland. We'll talk about him more in a second. And then you go strokes gained around the green. Uh, Jason Day, number one. Now, he does not have as many rounds uh, as everybody else, uh, or at least most other people. He has a very small sample size, but he is the best player around the greens. Aaron Baddeley, always in this category. Luke Donald, Brant Snedeker, Ben Ahn. Then you get Rob Oppenheim. I mean, this is where you kind of get some of the value plays. You know, Hideki's here as well. He's $10,000. But I at least wanted to show you this because it was such a highly correlated stat, but I'm going to hop over to the cheat sheet and talk about some of these guys more in depth. Six golfers priced over $10,000. And I actually find this to be a little bit difficult, a little bit difficult here. Uh, You know, you have Justin Thomas, who's 11,100. That is probably a fair price for him. But the last time we saw him, he missed the cut. Uh, Missed the cut. The Traveler's pretty ugly and... It has been feast or famine at Mirfield Village. So 15 and 16, he misses the cut. 17 and 18, he goes fourth and eighth, which are great, obviously. Then another missed cut last year. It's like Justin Thomas for a very long time was incredibly consistent, and he still has this unbelievably massive upside where I think he could be like player of the year every single year, but he's missing more cuts than he's ever missed before. So it's only like a small hint of concern. Um... I, I I don't know. I, I think he might be a pretty good differentiator because I'm going to get to a guy that I think is going to be incredibly popular here in a second. But um, I, I would be lying if I said I was like super comfortable playing Justin Thomas. I'm like 90% comfortable, but there's still 10% of me that's that's pretty concerned about it. Um, Patrick Cantlay at 10,006 is probably the guy that eats up a lot of this ownership. You, just, you know, the fact that he's not the, the most expensive $10,000 guy, the fact that he's not the least expensive. Um, we haven't seen a whole bunch of him. But the the last time we did see him was the Travelers. He finished 11th there. Obviously, the win at the Memorial, Muirfield Village, last year. Fourth place in 2018, 35th in 2017. So he's got great history, um, playing well in the limited sample size that we've seen of him. And this is the key here. There's, there's usually only like 10, 12, 15 guys every single week uh, that gain strokes in all four major strokes gain categories. Uh, Justin Thomas does it, John Rahm does it, Patrick Cantlay does it, Xander does it, and then you get a couple more as you go down, like Sung J M, Patrick Reed. Um, but usually it's like 
the value guys like Sebastian Munoz also does as well. Um, that that's I, I really like that. It, it gives you a lot of outs. You know, you don't have to have the perfect skill set. Um, and I always I always kind of liken this to Cam Champ a little bit. Cam Champ is phenomenal off the tee, phenomenal, one of the best in the world. The problem is if he doesn't have it that week, the rest of his game can't really make up for it. It's not not necessarily good enough. So that like I, I like guys that gain in all four categories because they're not reliant on one thing. Hideki's at ten. Hideki's really interesting. I think he'll be pretty polarizing. Um, you know, he finished twenty first last week, but he had a, a, a seventy three or, or I guess it would have been a said not a 73 seven under it would have been a 65 on saturday at detroit golf club and just like that's that's the flash right that's what we know hideki can provide he just doesn't do it over four rounds as often as he should obviously the putter is an issue it's always going to be an issue he's terrible on the greens he's never gotten any better um so uh, i'm concerned but then you look at the results at mirfield right sixth last year 13th in 2018 he had another fifth place finish in in 15 i get it i think it'll be polarizing i think you'll get a bunch of people who are like no way i'm touching him or i can only afford one of these ten thousand dollar guys i'll i'll pick you know it's kind of like ranked ranked choice like you'd almost rather have Cantley, you'd rather have JT, you'd rather have Kepka, you get to Hideki, he's like your fourth option. Well, you can't you can't have two of these guys in all likelihood. So I don't know. I'm interested to see what the ownership comes out, you know, and I'll have it out hopefully on, on rickrungood.com probably, you know, maybe Tuesday morning we'll have enough information to start projecting this ownership, but I'd be really interested to see what Hideki comes in at. The 9,000s, this really suppressed $9,000 range that we've seen over the over the course of the last couple of weeks, um, or I guess since the restart actually leaves us with Justin Rose at 97, you know, Rose got a lot of hype from me, a lot of hype from a lot of people making that change back to Taylor made from Hanma, um, right before the players championship. Right. And then he had three months over the break to figure it all out has been much, much better T to green missed the cut at the travelers, but he is still, you know, the couple weeks we saw him at colonial at Harbor town, his T to green game was much more reminiscent of, of a guy who was the number one player in the world. Let me see if I can pull this up really quick. So I'm looking at the strokes gain database right now for Justin Rose. And you can see, even, even with the miscut at the Travelers, he gained strokes off the tee. Um, he lost on approach. He lost everywhere else. But the the two other weeks, so RBC Heritage, he gains 8.7 tee to green. And Charles Schwab, he gains 6. Now, if you just go back, let's look at the like the other times he's gained at least 6 strokes tee to green. The Open Championship of last year, he finished 4th. Um, U.S. Open, he almost got to 6 and he finished 3rd. I mean, he doesn't do it often. The Tour Championship of 2018... And the farmers of 2019, like these are events that he wins. So, like, what, what, I guess what I'm trying to get at is when Justin Rose gains this level of strokes T to green, he's in contention a lot and he wins a lot, right? Wins the farmers insurance, uh, is, is top five at the Open Championship. He's top five at, uh, US Open. He's top five at the Tour Championship. Like, like when he hits the ball like this, he is awesome. So I kind of like to go to Rosie here. And I don't know if you want to start your lineups at Rose. If you could get, man, it would be tough. Um, Like if you could get Cantlay and Rose, I don't know. I don't know what you'd be able to do after that. But uh, he also has the great Mirfield Village history, right? 13th, 6th, and 2nd, his last three trips 
over the last five years for Justin Rose. It's really, it's really interesting. He's a guy that I think is uh, certainly trending in the right direction. Um, Victor Hovland, I'm, you know, you can pull my string. Uh, I Victor's going to win a lot. He's going to win soon. I mean, he just continues to put himself in contention. I don't know if it's going to be this week. It's kind of the same argument I made about Bryson uh, a week ago or two weeks ago. Like, I want to take Bryson to win one of the next five events. Like, I'll take it at even money. I'll take it at whatever because I just – I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I, I it feels like he's about to get a win. Victor Hovland, same thing. Like, you know, I probably pro- – I might need more than five events for Victor Hovland, but, like, you gave me the next ten events that he's going to play. Is he going to win one? Like, probably. It, it just feels – it feels that way. Morikawa um, gets a week off after the long-awaited cut streak comes to an end, right? He's, he's got the second-longest cut streak ever to start a career, misses the cut at the Travelers. Uh, there were some red flags about that. Now gets the, kind of like the hard reset. Um, I, I, I think buying back in on Morikawa would be, would be pretty interesting. We saw how good the approach numbers are. We saw how important approach is. Um, at at Mirfield Village, so I I do like that quite a bit. Fowler showed signs of life. Um, last week, Sungjae M eighty nine hundred. Have we ever seen Sungjae sub nine thousand in recent memory? Let me see if I can find this. Apparently, my memory is not all that good because he was sub nine thousand uh, two weeks ago at the Traveler, so he was eighty six hundred there. Um. I guess I did not remember that, but basically he's lived in the $9,000 range since, um, since the Honda classic, you know, he went out and won that and then it, it, it never came back. So you can see it was, you know, basically six of the last seven events. He's been in the 9,000. You now get him at, what did I say? 8,900. Unfortunately, that break probably hurt him the most. Um, cause he was, he was certainly trending in the right direction. Leishman, I mentioned him on the key stats side of this, mentioned the approach game, also has a bunch of really great results at the Memorial. So fifth last year, 15th in 17, 11th in 16, fifth in 2015. I'm not like a huge Leishman fan, but I understand what he is. He is a very high, he's a highly volatile golfer who is just as likely to finish second as he is to miss the cut. So like I... That's that can be valuable in certain situations. I would never play him in a cash game. I'd never play him in a head to head. But in a Millie Maker situation, like yeah, maybe I could maybe I could convince myself to get some Mark Leishman for for that upside, especially as we start to see what his ownership is. Gary Woodland, here's the guy. Here's the guy that everyone's gonna have to make a decision on. He's eighty three hundred dollars. He is, um, you know, now missed the cut. Uh, at the Travelers, he finished 67th at the RBC, started the restart great with a top 10 at, at Charles Schwab at Colonial. All things would say, again, in the same way we said this about, what, Harbortown, um, small greens, good iron game, um, long enough off the tee, like this should fit Gary Woodland. He did not play well at RBC, did not play well at Travelers. Let's pull. I want to pull up his strokes gains strokes gain numbers really quickly here because um i'm not sure i know what to do with him i'm not sure i know so this is re- this is the really scary part is his last three rounds even the 10th place finish or the ninth place ninth place finish at the charles schwab he's lost strokes off the tee he also lost strokes off the tee in the one round at the players so i know i know you can't really count that but we're talking about now 
four, eight, nine, ten, eleven straight rounds, and he's lost a combined what is that, eight, nine, like basically ten strokes off the tee. He's basically losing a stroke around in his last eleven rounds off the tee. That is not like Gary Woodland. Look at this, look at the the uh career progression chart. So this is going all the way back to 2015. Uh, Gary Woodland is prolifically gr- gaining strokes off the tee. Prolifically. Gaining, 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 gaining. Then all of a sudden, boom. He, he's now hit this wall where, yeah, he lo- he's lost 10 strokes in his last 11 rounds. Uh, but uh, it's it, he's, I mean, look at this. This is a stretch of golf where he did not lose strokes off the tee. He lost like five times in 30 tournaments. Like, so yeah, I, I am concerned about that. I don't know what I'll do with him. I will probably let ownership dictate this because I don't want the chalk for a guy I don't necessarily believe in. I, or honestly, I'm not even sure what number. I I will probably pass on Gary Woodland no matter what. I mean, it's just real. That's really concerning looking at the off the tee stuff like that. It is really concerning. Um, I'll I'll probably just just pass either way. Um. Sub eights. So Matthew Wolf's here at 8,100. I think that feels trappy to go play him again. Coming off a very emotional second place finish. He had not played well before that. Remember, he won the 3M Open like this time last year, like like today, like Monday or Tuesday, whatever, the 6th or the 7th a year ago. Won the 3M Open, had zero top 10s until last week. A full year, basically, with one top 10 after that. Um now you go through like this emotional, you know, you have a three shot lead going into Sunday, not, not really feeling buying back in on Matthew Wolf, especially now that he's a uh, much higher priced. He's 8,100. So I'll probably pass on that. Um, Kevin Streelman talk about Kevin Streelman a lot in the, in the betting video, because he is uh, a significantly high upside guy. He showed that at the travelers with a second place finish. He is super risky as well as also evidenced by the three previous missed cuts, um, before the traveler, so he missed the cut at RBC, Charles Schwab, and API. But then you look at his Muirfield Village history. He's got four top 20 finishes in the last five years at the Memorial. He gains in all four categories. Like, okay, now I'm starting to feel Kevin Streelman a little bit. Like, this might be a pretty good opportunity to deploy him. Scotty Scheffler, 78 hundo. Um, let me show you Scotty Scheffler because he has been pretty polarizing. Scotty Scheffler shot. Okay, here's the bad news. Scotty Scheffler shot a bogey-free seven-under round on Friday at the Rocket Mortgage and missed the cut by five shots. Uh, that's crazy. Now that's obviously the bad news, but it's also the good news, right? So if I go to the live leaderboard for Scotty Scheffler last week, let's look at his round one. So round one, he goes out, he goes, shoots a 79, seven over par, loses almost a full stroke off the tee, loses almost six on approach, loses, actually, that might be the worst of his, let's look that up. Is that the worst of his career? Let's do this. Scotty Scheffler losing six strokes on approach. Feels like that's got to be the worst of his career. Yeah, by far. The worst round previous to that, he lost 2.6 at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in round two. Um, So the guy loses 
his historically worst amount ever on approach, loses another two putting, but then flips the script completely the next day. Gains two off the tee, gains one on approach, gains another half a stroke around the green, rolls it in. Like, gaining three strokes between strokes gained off the tee and approach is a much better uh, situation. He was $9,000 last week. Now he's 7800 So you have to decide, how much Scotty Scheffler are you willing to stomach? I'm usually willing to stomach more than most, so I will probably... Dip my toe back into Scotty Scheffler. I'm I'm kind of okay with that, but uh, you have to make that decision for yourself. I think that there are signs to be a little bit optimistic about. Uh, yes, he could kill us all, but the upside is there. Cam Champ is here. Cam Champ now, you know, 7700. He got into the field late last week, so nobody could play him in full classic. Um, I kind of used him as a, as an example earlier where I said, you know, he really only has one, one elite skill set, which he still does. It's the driver. But the rest of his game isn't as bad as I was making it out to be. Um, you know, he's a slight, slight positive on approach. He's nearly dead even putting. He loses a quarter of a stroke around the greens. But now he's got, you know, two events under his belt in the restart. A 14th at Charles Schwab. A 12th at rocket mortgage this is kind of interesting now i mean you're getting pretty good upside from a guy who's seventy seven hundred dollars and he closed on the weekend let's go look at his metrics from i want the i want the weekend because he closed well well i cannot type champ let's look at his weekend numbers yeah i mean look at this this is exactly the profile you'd want to see gain three t to green Lose a quarter of a stroke putting on the weekend, still move up. I mean, he was seven under on the weekend. That that's Sunday round. How did he do there? Yeah. Oh my God. It's like the perfect profile of a guy. I don't know what he's going to do, but like, if you're looking for guys who statistically profile well moving forward, Cam Champ has got to be that guy. He has to be. Seventy seven hundred bucks. Um, Lonto's now seventy four. My main man, Lonto. He's tough to watch. He's incredibly difficult to watch, but now he's got two straight top 25, so I'm like contractually obligated to mention him anytime that he comes up. Um, you've got your Rory Sabatini bounce back. You've got your Mark Hubbard trying to keep it going. You've got your Ryan Armour trying to keep it going. Not nearly as optimistic about those guys. I will say, Ryan Armour's a competitor. Uh, and, and now in the restart, he's gone sixth at Travelers, fourth at the Rocket Mortgage. He's played... Mirrorfield Village a couple times, played the Memorial uh, a bunch, two, two, 20, two top 25s in his last two starts. If you made me choose between like him and Hubbard, I'd probably take Ryan Armour, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not sprinting to do it. I'm just like casually walking to do it. Um, let's see what else we have here. Brian Stewart played well, uh, especially on Sunday. Missed a two-footer on 18, which killed me, uh, but he's been really solid since the restart. 30th last week, 20th at the Travelers. Hasn't missed a cut since the Arnold Palmer. He's playing well enough. Is there anybody under seven I'd be able to get to? Troy Merritt, maybe? Merritt finished 8th last week, 17th last year at the Memorial. I don't know about that. Who else do we have down here? Anybody? Anybody? Henrik Norlander playing pretty well. Finished 12th last week. Um... 41st at the Travelers, now two straight missed cuts. I don't think he's ever played the Memorial. So there's some, there's some, oh man, it gets pretty ugly down here. 
This is also a very deep, huge field. This is like the biggest field we're going to get. Uh, so there's a lot of really poor names down here at the bottom. Brandon Grace, I think I just saw, just withdrew. So he's he's out. Um, yeah, this is interesting. Let's go, let's go build a model here. So this is a custom model. Let me zoom out a little bit. Or, here we go. Um, so you can put your weights in any way you want here for, I think, what I have, 29 stats and counting. This will be updated. It says Rocket Mortgage Classic because I just pushed an update to this. It, this the data is actually correct. You saw the salaries there. Um, so here, here we go. I want to rare, I rarely do this, but I want to, I do want to weigh, uh, strokes gain around the green because that we saw that that was important on the key stats. I do want to give some credence, of course, to strokes gain approach, because I think that that is always important. Um, par four scoring actually showed up on that key stats model. Not sure if you saw that. So I'm going to give that 15. I'm going to do, um, let's see here. I want driving I want distance and accuracy. So let's say 20 on distance, 20 on accuracy. And then I've got five left and um, I'll use it on T to green, knowing that I'm only putting five on this because I double, I don't want to double count it, right? T to green also encompasses approach and around the green. So I'm just going to give it a little bit of weight there. Let's run this. Oh boy. Well, there you go. Well, first of all, uh, <laughs> the five the top five golfers are all over ten thousand dollars so i'm not sure that is much of a surprise here patrick cantlay is number one on my model hideki matsuyama number two rom three xander four jt five so there's the big boys okay then you start to see a little bit of value guys i might not have considered adam hadwin who's been playing well he's 8200 he's sixth in my model he's a very good putter uh very good on approach Sung Im in here as well. Does everything well, basically. Has a lot of rounds of data. He's 8,900. Joel Damon in here. He's a top 20 machine. Look at the ball striking numbers. 21st and off the tee, 13th in approach. Gary Woodland. Oh, boy. Harold Varner III, Benny On, and Scotty Scheffler. Those are like my three guys I always play. HV3, Benny On, Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa here. So these are names. This, is, this would be a pretty decent player pool for me. Um, obviously I can't get all of them in because a lot of them are over $10,000, but, uh, having, uh, you know, a couple of value options, Joel Damon's in here, HV3, Benny on Scotty Scheffler. You know, if I wanted to go down to Brendan Steele or Jim Furyk out of this. So this is at least giving me a, a little bit of a base to work off of, um, and see where I go from here throughout the week, obviously very early on a Monday. Um, but yeah, I think that'll do it. This has been the DFS preview for the Workday Charity Open. The community is killing it right now. I'm hoping for another great week. We've got a betting preview will come out on Tuesday. Got more content coming throughout the week. Stay tuned for that. Follow me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. And I'll catch you next time.